0: My journey took a major turning point when I heard a radio contest. They wanted to see who could sit on the giant Ferris wheel. I ended up riding the Ferris wheel for 10 days. I won the contest and that changed my life. I got fired from my job and then I hitchhiked a ride to Utah. Even though a decision may seem stupid or flippant at the time, we never know which one of those decisions can completely change and alter the course of our lives. Where would I be today had I not got on the Ferris wheel and sat there mindlessly for 10
1: days. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rewire Your Life podcast. This is Dr. Loke Trevetti. I just want to thank you guys for joining me here on an amazing day. And I've got a super guest today. Um, he's known as the Iron Cowboy. Let's give it up for James Lawrence. James, thanks for being here, man.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: You have done so much in your world. Like You've broken Guinness <coughs> Book World Records. You've completed Iron man, 50 Ironmans in 50 states. You have programs to help people conquer their fears and help train for Ironmans inside that. like, How did you get into the world of Ironmans? Let's start, let's start with that journey.
0: Well, like any journey, I believe we start at the beginning. Nobody, nobody starts out the expert. And I think that's, that's one of the flaws of uh, social media. And there's a lot of great things. But one of the flaws is we're looking at everybody's best moments or years down the road of their journey. And we compare and then we're scared to start them. So my, my journey started like off the couch, simple 5K run with my wife, um, and then just like dip my toe in the water of, of uh, sprint distance triathlon. The community was amazing, loved it. And then just slowly started to build over the last 15 years. And so how old were you when you actually started? I was in my mid to late 20s when I started. Uh, bro, uh, Did our first world record um, mid-30s. And then uh, 50 Ironmans, 50 days, 50 states at 39. And then 45. Just
1: recently, we did 100 consecutive Ironmans here in Utah. That's wild, man. That's mm-hmm. wild. What do you love about the iron man process
0: um i mean i hate it because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's girly man uh but it, i mean it just i love the variety like i'm not just a runner i'm not just a cyclist i'm not just a swimmer i don't just do strength training and so i, I think it's like a really well-rounded base of training um and so I, I like the variety um i like doing all those different things i love the community of it um i love the people um it, it's just a lot of fun to get out and then push yourself and compete. Um, you know, and you, as you get older, you know, in high school and college and stuff, you've got an outlet. Um, and as you grow older, as a competitive athlete, you want something. And,
1: and triathlon just was, was there and um, just really gravitate towards it. I love that. So in, when you do the triathlons, let's, let's go through the, one of the most grueling experiences you've actually had as a
0: triathlete. <laughs> oh man.
1: Um, I mean, it's different doing a single day, all out race where
0: you're pinned and, and you're doing that. Um, and then when you do big challenges like we do, where we do consecutive um, full distance. So probably the most challenging thing happened to me when we were doing a hundred consecutive. So just real quick, a, a full distance triathlon and Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, followed by a full marathon run, 26.2 miles. So that's a total of 140.6 miles. So we were, we were 59 days into consecutive Ironman's. Like every uh, single day. Yeah. Every single day, no, no days off. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was in, I was in an accident and, I uh, was struck on my bike and, um, you know, in this challenge, I had 41 more to go. And so that's like kind of a, a moment where you need to make a decision on what you're doing, why you're doing it, um, pros, cons. Um, and then we found out afterwards that I had broken my L5 vertebrae, um, in that crash. And so that was that was kind of a a super challenging uh moment decision in in my racing career. So what you end up doing? Oh, I got on my bike and kept going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so when when you're going through that pain, like as a you know, your L5 is that's not for those of you who don't know, that's not a small fracture. Like that's your lower vertebrae. That's a foundation of it all. Like yeah. as a former chiropractor, I I know that vertebrae very well. And you know, that break in can paralyze you potentially.
0: Yeah, it was it was interesting too because we didn't realize we didn't know until afterwards because when you're doing I mean it's chaos when you're doing 140 miles a day for a quarter of a year. Yeah. And you know, we just associated that that back pain with you know, day 60, 70, 80, 90 consecutive and you know you stiffen up, and you're in your bike, and you swim 2.4 miles a day, and so we just associated that pain. And then once you come after it, and and you're in the recovery process, and you're just like, okay, everything seems to be healing except for this. Yeah. And then we, you know, took a deep deeper dive into it, and went and got all the X-rays
1: and the MRIs and everything, and realized, okay, that's that's what happened. Super insane. Like that's that's a lot to go through inside of it. Why do it? Like this is what this is. I mean, everyone has you. I get it. Like you love it that, but why, why go through that 40 days in you're go through the accident. What what's on the other side? Everyone, everyone knows that what's their why, and you've all heard this. So what was yours at that time? Yeah, it's
0: interesting. You know, a, a big part of who we are in our team is we finish what we start and, and our word is our bond. And obviously we got to take in health considerations and safety protocols and all those things. And we never felt that, that we were in complete danger. Um, and so, you know, as a team, we say we're going to do something, we follow through and do it. And then we always attach a higher cause to what we're doing. And we, were, we partnered with Operation Underground Railroad, and they have a mission to eradicate human and sex slavery. And, you know, we did the majority of our fundraising after the crash, um, days 60 through 100, and we ended up raising half a million dollars. Amazing. um to to put on these sting operations to get the bad guys and yeah. you you always sit down and say man what well, the impact that we have is so great we would have never had that impact had we decided to pack it in on on day 59 when it was really uncomfortable
1: yeah that's so true that's so true so how do you do this as a family man i know you got kids right how many kids you got i have five kids five kids a wife um how do you train and are they involved in in your training process, do they do the Iron Man thing? Or are they like, uh, they want nothing to do with it? No, <laughs> I got four
0: teenage girls. They, they want to be doing teenage girl things for sure. Yeah. But it's interesting, you know, when they were, when they were little, um, you know, kids, kids are products of their environments. And so when we were little or they were little, it was just what we did as a family. They would come to the races. They loved it. The atmosphere, the cheering, dad's doing this. Um, I'd involve them in the training, stuff like that. But now that they're older, um, you know, they've got their own lives and friends and circles and jobs and, and college and all these things. And so they're, they're, they're busy doing all that. And it's interesting because you, you know, you hear the word family, life, uh, hobby balance, right. And it's, you know, people think, okay, I got to do 30% here and 30% here. And well, it's, it, it never chalks up that way. And mm-hmm. certain times on your journey requires certain sacrifices and time commitments and we communicate those with our, with our family and what we're doing. Um, but the reality is, is my teenage girls don't want 30% of my time. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they want they want quality time when I'm with them and they want all of my attention. And so, you know, it's it's like anything. Life becomes about time management and how well you can do it. And if you want to achieve something at a, at a certain or high level, you've got to look at everything you're doing and go, okay, what am I willing to sacrifice in order to achieve X. And then you have that conversation, you have the checks and balances, and and then you make a decision.
1: So I I love that. I love all of everything you're saying with that. So how do you translate this? Because you speak to corporations and companies, sales teams, CEOs. How do you translate trading an Ironman to a corporation? Let's let's take this into a business context and a business conversation. Yeah, so here's what's interesting. I, I
0: talk to you know every type of company around the world. I've spoken to 50 countries. Um, I mean, I, I I speak to the NFL and I speak to accountants in Sri Lanka, and, and what's interesting is we're dealing with the human mind and the human spirit and the human heart. And uh, my, one of my favorite books is "Man Search for Meaning" by Victor Frank. Mine too. Great and um, that book, in its core, is about hope. Sure. Right. And and everybody's struggling in this life, and and I believe that hope is life. And our team's willingness to do these challenges and and continue to show up gives people hope on their journey where they maybe aren't intentionally suffering like we do. And so my job is the coolest on the planet. I get to do two things. I get to give every audience member hope on their journey, and I get to remove any excuses that they may have. And I believe that's a recipe for success. If you can remove excuses and insert hope, you've got a chance. And, and that's what our story, our message is all about. It's about hope. It's about not losing that hope. And it's about not giving all of your focus and attention onto the excuses, the negativity and all that stuff. And that we get to choose the path we go on and how we interact and perceive and perspe- and, and interact with, that, with the, that journey that we're on.
1: I love that. I love that. So when you go to speak, like what's your favorite group to speak to? Is there a favorite group you have?
0: Um, you know, it's, it's not a necessarily a favorite group of people. Um, I love an engaged audience. Yeah. Um, it's not a lot of fun to go speak to, uh, at an event where the people don't really want to be there. It's required, you know, and they, they're just like, oh, another speaker, you know, we got to right, st- exactly. suffer through this and they just want to get to the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then there's events where they've paid to be there. They're engaged. They're, they're eager to learn. They want change in their lives. And, and that's a lot of fun because now I'm feeding off their energy and I don't have to provide all of it, right? But those events where it's just like a dead silent room, I eventually get them because our stories is a mind blow. Um, sure. But it's a, lot, it's a lot more fun when you have an, people that want to be there, want to engage, want to learn, and that,
1: that energy is just infectious. So it's really, really cool. Give me a story that, that's so cool that, like, that, that you share with the audience. It's just powerful.
0: I don't know how powerful it is, but I always start my my presentations with this. Um, I'm from Calgary, um, and Calgary is world famous for the Calgary Stampede, one of the largest rodeos in the world. It's 10 days long. The city shuts down. It's a huge party. Well, my journey took a major turning point when I made a decision. I heard a radio contest um, to see. They wanted to see who could sit on the giant Ferris wheel for the entire 10-day duration of the Stampede. And I was like, I can do that. I am in a tough. I grew up as a wrestler. And so I got my spot on the ride. Um, and I ended up riding the Ferris wheel for 10 days. And um, I won the contest. And that changed my life because I, I I got fired from my job. And then I hitchhiked a ride to Utah where I <laughs> started my life and I never went home. Yeah. And, and a couple really big lessons from that is one, I learned in that moment how powerful my mind is and that we can control our, our environment because those those other individuals, they chose to quit. They chose to exit the, the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I chose to remain in the challenge and ultimately won. And then I also really learned at a high level that, like, even though a decision may seem stupid or flippant at the time, we never know which one of those decisions can completely change and alter the course of our lives. Yeah. Where would I be today had I not got on the Ferris wheel and sat there mindlessly for 10 days, right? So true. In that moment, you know, as a parent or whatnot, you could look at your son and go, "What are you doing with your life? You're sitting on a Ferris wheel. You got fired from your job." Well, that compl- that was a major pivot point in my life.
1: Yeah.
0: And again, I don't know where I would be. What I'd be doing? Would I still be in Canada? Am I working on the oil rigs? Am I addicted to cocaine? Like, what am I doing at this point, right? And so that I look back and I'm grateful for that flippant decision I made to sit on a Ferris wheel for ten days.
1: We're a destiny of our decisions. There's no question. No yeah. question. Let me ask you this. you think kids could do it today? I mean, now, I mean, if they have their cell phone, they, as soon as the battery pack is out, they're done. They're getting off that ride.
0: Well, well, one one of the rules was no, no phones, no books. Like their objective was complete boredom. And so there's a, a huge demographic today. I mean, we live in a time and era generation of shiny light, next distraction. What's the most exciting two minutes? What's the most exciting 15 seconds, Right. So yeah, do I think that's a challenge that's very viable today? I think it's even heightened today because we're so addicted to this guy right here and, and the, you know, enter- to entertain me, right? And I, I'm not okay sitting with my with my thoughts and by myself. I think that's why, you know, even back then why a lot of people exited the ride is because you're there just with your thoughts.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a conversation with you. Yeah, and most, most people, if I can say this, aren't comfortable with the conversation they get to have with themselves. They either are filled with regret or displeasure or whatever it is. They don't like who they are, the decisions that they've made. They've forgotten to forgive themselves for the not being perfect, which no human is right. And so they're not okay with the conversations that they're having with themselves. And they need that distraction. They need that, that, you know, shiny light to to go off. And so, man, I think it would be really challenging for a lot of people don't, don't give me, don't allow a person to be on their phone for 10 days. I'll tell you this though. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to be on the world's toughest race, which is an Amazon prime row ma- uh, show map and compass navigation, 67 teams from 30 countries around the world, teams of four. It, we went into the back jungle of Fiji. And before the race starts, you have to turn in your technology because it is map and compass. And we were, we were in the back jungle for eight or nine days. No contact with the real world. I'm talking no media, no radio, no TV, no Netflix, no phone, nothing. No Instagram. Yeah. And I think, I don't think, I know it was one of the coolest experiences to unplug and do it. And I think, I think man, I wish there was a way to like mandate. Everybody's got to unplug for a week. You know what I mean? Perfect. Great. Idea. And not everybody at the same time, but like, hey, let's just like, your phone doesn't work for the next week, figure it out. Right. And, and just see what happens, what conversations you have with yourself because we're so dependent on that. And, and I think it's just a huge blessing. Um, and obviously that's extreme, but I think people should learn to like, Hey, I'm going to go up in the mountains and uh, I'm just going to leave, you know, I'm going to go on a bike ride. I'm going to go take a hike and I'm not going to take my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, I've got my smartwatch that if I need to, I can make a phone call and I'm safe, whatever. But I maybe mean, we didn't have that back in the day. So it's not like it's super unsafe. Just, go know know where you are and be smart about it but i think i think every day someone should like unplug and just say you know what i'm gonna check out for a minute
1: i love that i love that idea i think it's super valuable inside to heal the the mind and the the thought processes that go on as well you know you and i had a great conversation before uh, before actually this podcast as well where where, you know it is a rewire your life podcast and we talked about how you've trained your mind to think in a certain way and you remember you telling me you were taught this early on in your life by your mother if I believe correctly right your mom was teaching you different tools and how to think can you share some of these ideas and and constructs that you went through that help people as we talk about rewiring and as we come to towards the end of this
0: yeah I mean again kids are products of their environments and my mom my mother was years ahead of her of her time and Uh, maybe more people were doing it but it just I mean social media didn't exist we didn't know but she she was big on you know mind body connection and if there's an ailment it's connected to an emotion and all these things and so it was just how I was brought up and and talking about emotions and dealing you know a physical thing comes up and it's attached to this and until you release that and replace it with with positivity and and you know generational things I mean there's so much that we can go into but to be honest with you it's a huge secret to my success like people get injured because of an emotional connection or a trigger or things like that that happens to them. And it just manifests in their body. And if you don't, if you don't deal with that emotion or trigger, I mean, it's, it's why 99.9% of everybody on the biggest loser gains all the way back. Cause sure. it's not just a physical problem. It's an emotional. It's an emotional game. It's why, and, sure. and, and, you know, late, later in the years before it went off the year, they started to get into that where it was just, okay, this isn't just a physical problem. There's emotions and stuff tied to it and I think it's becoming more and more mainstream and I'm super grateful for my mother um, and my grandmother for living that way for for educating us teaching us having the courage to to not be mainstream with with what she was doing and um, you know this belief or patterning concept and replacing emotions and generational beliefs I mean something that happened to my grandmother or my grandfather that's passed on generationally that I just pick up that I need to clear out. And, you know, so we really work hard with our kids now and trying to deal with emotions and situational things and communicating with them. And it's been so valuable because, I mean, just working with our kids on that level, we can, you know, we can see differences in, and I'm not saying our kids are perfect and whatnot, but there's, we can, we can draw very specific parallels to like success our kids are
1: having to the emotional and th- therapy and work that we've done with them. I would bet. I, I see the same thing with my own children as well. So I definitely can, can attest to that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, how do you prepare mentally? Let's just talk about this just in your preparation because I'd love to, for people to take this and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not an Iron Man guy, but how, do you, how does an Iron Man prepare mentally with all these processes we're talking about? How does someone take it on their day to day life and running their life of an, an Iron Man?
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's a great question and it's about showing up and it's about sticking with something. Um, every, it's, really, it's the number one question I get. How do I become more mentally tough in, in all aspects of my life? And you're not going to listen to you and I have a conversation and become more mentally tough. You're not going to read whatever X, Y, Z book and become more mentally tough. It's only when you make a decision and have an experience that you can draw upon that and build upon it. I didn't wake up one day having no experience and go, you know what? I'm going to do 100 consecutive full distance Ironmans. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do 14,000 consecutive miles, no days off a quarter of a year. You don't wake up and do that. Anybody who's trying to do that now fails. Guys have tried it even in recent history. Three weeks ago, a guy just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to break your world record, 102. Let's go. Dude made it seven. Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> like, you have, like, you have to have experience in order to do this. My journey started with a, a four mile fun run off the couch that I suffered through. Yeah. I'm Not genetically gifted, but over the course of a decade and doing intentional things to make myself uncomfortable, I build up that mental toughness, that callous in order to have that experience. So when I am back in a corner, I have the knowledge that next step's not going to kill me. Time versus movement. Time's going to keep going. And right. if I keep moving, eventually I'm going to get there. And people don't understand that they, when when discomfort slaps them in the face, they're like, oh, I'm out. That's, that's, no, that's no longer fun. And all they're doing is crippling themselves for future things that they can plan for or not plan for that's coming in life. It, this, I mean, you take a look around in 2019, 20, when the pandemic rocked the world. Take a look around. How many people handled it well? How many people didn't handle it well? I guarantee you, you can take a look at the life experience of the people that handled it well and didn't handle it well. They've intentionally done, have done hard things to get to that moment because when life happens, they handled it very differently than someone who's been very comfortable or avoided confrontation or avoided these things. It was, it was very, very obvious who had done things in their lives that were challenging and continued to show up in their lives. It resonated really well.
1: I agree with you 100%. I always said, I, I if you can't deal with adversity it's because you haven't dealt with challenges in the past that's really absolutely
0: right. you you're constantly looking for the path of least resistance
1: that's right i love it ladies and gentlemen the iron cowboy how do people get in touch with you how do people connect with you how do they learn more about what you do your books your programs if people want to learn how to run an iron man you coach people with iron man how do people get in touch with everything you're doing now it's such a great work yeah thank you
0: man the two best places is obviously our website ironcowboy.com and i'm most active on uh, instagram which is iron cowboy james um, I answer all my own DMs. Uh, we, like you said, we coach athletes. We've got a fitness app. If you don't want to be the athlete, you just want to get back into fitness, get your health and wellness back in order. Um, and then all the way up to where we do weekend uh, retreats and mindset uh, challenges. And I think that's the most important thing in life. You have to have experiences. And so that's what we do is we, uh, we help people get out of their own way and give them hope. And so if you want to follow us, Instagram, Iron Cowboy James on our websites, um, IronCowboy.com.
1: Love it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Iron Cowboy. This is another episode of Rewire Your Life. I'm Dr. Alok Trevetti aka Dr. Rewire. I'll see you next time. Have a great day. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're notified when the next episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with someone you think will like it. And remember, you can always find the visual version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. Just search Dr. Rewired. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you at the next perfect time. Thanks a lot.